Private Lender Podcast, Episode 126. The Private Lender Podcast quote of the day comes to us from Will Rogers, who said, The more you read and observe about this politics thing, the more you've got to admit that each party is worse than the other. This is the Private Lender Podcast, the show that shares practical advice and know-how for new and seasoned lenders, from private mortgages on single-family houses to joint ventures on commercial projects and beyond. Discover details about investment vehicles that you won't find at your local bank or online broker. Listen and learn from private lenders and real estate investors, as well as from professionals and entrepreneurs, as they share the details, strategies, and the insight that allows for successful and prosperous lending. Now, get ready to increase your ROI. Here's your host, Keith Baker. What's up, y'all? Hello, Lender Nation, and greetings from the laughing stock of the professional sports world, Houston, Texas. And welcome to episode 126 of the Private Lender Podcast. I'm your host, Keith Baker, and really want to thank you for taking your time out today and sharing your ears with me. Folks, this is the only place to be if you're looking for practical tips and advice on private lending and how to keep your money safe. But if you want to learn from my mistakes so that you can both avoid and profit from them, well, then pull up a chair and pour yourself a drink, my friend, because this podcast is designed just for you. The Private Lender Podcast is dedicated to giving people just like you and me the knowledge and confidence to participate in the most passive form of real estate investing there is, which just so happens to be private lending. And if you're looking for a shortcut to go ahead and get started private lending, then head over to privatelenderpodcast.com forward slash Inc. I-N-K to learn how you can put your money to work for you by investing in real estate backed loans right here in the Houston area. Also, make sure to join the Private Lender Podcast Facebook group to connect with other private lenders and to be a part of the growing community. You can search Facebook for Private Lender Podcast Group or just go over to privatelenderpodcast.com, episode 126, and get a link directly to the group. Now, in past episodes, I've discussed that you know 95 or more percent of my private lending is done out of my self-directed IRA, but there are other ways to get money to loan out that is belongs to you, right? Without borrowing it from somebody, you can borrow it from yourself. For example, you can do it, borrow from your your life insurance policy. Certain whole life policies have cash values you can borrow from and arbitrage the interest. Same thing with a home equity line of credit or home equity loan, where if you go to Bank of America and borrow money for 3% and yet you can loan it back out in six month intervals to flippers for 13 percent or 12 you know with points and whatnot then you've arbitraged that three to four to, to 12 so you now you're making eight percent of that money even after you pay off the loan it's a pretty neat deal well today's guest has a very interesting notion on a take on sort of the same thing but his company provides homeowners with equity a contract on that equity that they don't have to pay back except when the house is sold so it's like a home equity line you're giving up a certain percentage of your equity for cash now that will be realized later on. Anyhow, I'm probably not describing it very well. So why don't we go ahead and get down to the brass tacks of today's episode and straight to the interview with Matthew Sullivan. Lender Nation, I have a very special guest with a very interesting topic today. Please welcome Matthew Sullivan to the Private Lender Podcast. Matthew, welcome aboard. Thanks for coming on. Keith, thank you for having me on. So I can tell you're from East Texas. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your accent there, where you're from? Alabama, actually. Alabama, even better. (laughs) Even better. Excellent. Yeah. So no, I'm originally from just outside London in England. We can't call it Europe anymore because obviously it's not. But So I moved over here seven years ago, landed in Orange County, 
and recently moved to uh, just outside Salt Lake City in Utah, really because I, you know, I, I find the blazing daily sunshine of California it's far too decent, and I felt I needed to get cold again. So I might be heading back to California pretty quickly. <laughs> that English blood's calling out, saying you needed you needed some gray skies and some cold weather, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was no, it was, it was lovely to it was great to sort of move, and uh, um, so I think we've we've got the sort of the wanderlust. So I was flicking through advertisements for trailers and RVs, and so you know, goodness knows what's going to happen now. All right. Well, I hope it all goes well with you. I don't feel sorry for anyone who can live in Orange County. That's right. Yes. So, you know, it's like kind of like, it's not as nice as my neighborhood, but I don't pity anyone in my neighborhood at all. Except, but yes. you guys do have much better weather. I give you that. So uh, you may have a very interesting concept. You've, you've started uh, quantumre.com and better you explain it to uh, than me try to bum, you know, bumble it. So please uh, explain what it is that you do. Well, we have a solution for homeowners who have equity and want to access that equity, but don't want to go into debt. So, and it's quite a big problem because there's over $18 trillion of equity in residential homes in the US. So there's over, actually nearly 16 million homes have 50% or more equity. And I think there was some uh, recent reports that came out literally just a couple of weeks ago showing that equity in homes has hit an all-time high. So the problem is, if you're a homeowner and you want to get your hands on your equity, the problem is you've got to go to the bank and borrow money. And you can borrow money through a cash-out refinance of some sort, like a, a second position mortgage, or uh, you can increase your existing mortgage, or you can get a home equity line of credit, or you can get a reverse mortgage. But all of those are debt-based products. So that means that you end up owing money, which is secured against your equity, but you don't actually get any of your equity. You're just getting deeper into debt. And that's fine as long as you can afford it, or if you qualify. So, you know, there are millions of people out there who want to try and access their equity, but just cannot because they don't qualify for a loan or they don't have the income or they don't have the credit score or the debt to income ratio is wrong. So we have a solution for all of those people and we can allow them to unlock up to half a million dollars with no monthly payments ever. Uh, there's no interest and there's no additional debt and they can use the money for whatever purpose they want. Okay. So how does one go about doing that? Just talk about the mechanics of, what, of this. First of all, the important thing is to describe what it's not. So it's not a debt product. Right. Now, if it's not a debt product, it's an investment product. In other words, we have investors who want to participate in some of the future appreciation of your home. So the way they get paid, rather than charging you an interest rate, is to say, if your house goes up in value, we'll take a share of some of that appreciation that'll be the return on the investment for us. So they take a longer term view. And because it's not a loan, that means there are no monthly payments. But the investor does get the return because when you sell the property, what normally happens is you will give them back the original investment that they made together with a share of the appreciation. And that share of the appreciation gives them a solid return on their investment. And that keeps them happy. In the meantime, you as the homeowner have been able to 
unlock equity. And it doesn't really matter in most cases if you don't have the income. We can work with people that have a much, much lower credit score. So you get to tap into your equity without having to borrow money. I have a home equity line of credit <laughs> that I, yes. I see the statement every month from Bank of America. It's like, hello, this is how much you owe us. Thank you. Appreciate that. So, I mean, there's a ton of questions here. So yeah, I guess going in reverse, you touched on people with poor credit or low credit scores. Who is your ideal seller of equity in this point? Now, who are you looking, a homeowner? Sort of what demographic are you looking for? Well, there's a number of states. So we're restricted at the moment by the number of states that we operate in. So we work either with our own capital or with other partners in 19 states. So it's not available across the UK. There are some states like Texas, for example, where it doesn't work. And that's because of certain regulations around homesteads, for example. I wouldn't say ideal because everyone's slightly different in terms of what they want the money for. But normally we're looking for someone who has a home that's worth $200,000 or more up to a maximum of $5 million. So that's the range. Most people that we work with, the average house value is, is around six to $700,000, something like that. We're also looking for people that have at least you know 30 to 40% equity in their property, because there's a maximum combined lien to value, which means if you take your existing loans, whether that be a mortgage or a HELOC, if you add those together, and then if you want to add our investment to that, all of that together must be less than 80% of the current value of your home. So that means you still keep, you still have 20% equity. It means that there's a, a big enough cushion to make sure that you stay incentivized as a homeowner. So there are a few numbers that we work with. And also, depending on the state, we can unlock up to 40%, just under 40% of the current value of your home, in most states, that figure is just over 20%. So we make a, an exception for California because there tends to be more equity in the properties there. I was just thinking like, this is be a great strategy when, uh, when, when, the, when the coasts see, you know, see the real estate markets decline. That would be a, a phenomenal strategy to get into that. Obviously, when the markets appreciate, that's good for the investor. When the markets start getting you know, a little difficult to forecast, and I think we saw that with COVID. And what COVID really showed us was that homeowners immediately became more willing to explore alternative funding strategies the moment they thought that their home equity was not the sure thing that they had you know, thought about. So it's interesting when markets do change and the confidence in markets, when that alters, then people tend to be much more willing to look at these types of alternative funding. But the way the agreements work, funnily enough, because they're quite long-term agreements, you know, the investor really over the average duration of an agreement, the investor probably will make a pretty good return. And from the homeowner's perspective, remember, they've got that lump sum of cash that doesn't have any monthly payments. So they can use it. You know, we have people that use it to pay off, you know, expensive credit cards, but also they use the money to invest in other things, whether it be stocks or bonds or as a down payment on another property. You know, if you've got, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars locked up in your equity, and here's a way to get that without any monthly payments, if you can do better than your home equity or better than the cost of the agreement, then it makes sense for you to diversify out of your home, which is your single most concentrated asset. Oh, yeah. So I'm curious on um, this agreement, and you talk about a lien to value. So obviously, with private lending, we're 
in Texas, we're a deed of trust and, and a, a promissory note state. So what type of paperwork, what type of instrument? You said this was a, an investment vehicle, not a debt vehicle, like a private mortgage would be. So what's the paperwork? What's that? Yeah, the minutia, how it's done with the counties and the contracts? Depends. I mean, county by county, um, the paper, the, the language is slightly different, but is very similar to a trustee. So we refer to it as a performance deed of trust. So it's not a trustee because there is no loan involved. But what it does is it describes the performance of the agreement. In other words, you know what is due when the property is sold or if the agreement comes to an end in language that is similar to a trust deed. And again, that's one of the challenges over the last few years has been getting various you know, counties and cities to understand what this is. But the good news is that these types of agreements, agreements have been around for over 10 years now. So a lot of the, those early teething problems, I think, have been sorted out. Interesting. Okay. So a performance deed of trust. Okay. That makes sense. So, you know, obviously the investor, let's say in this case, it's you are going to, you give a certain percentage of money, you know, is it a one-time payment to the uh, the homeowner? One-time payment. And let's say on average, it's up to 20% of the current value of your home. And we have different durations of agreements. So we have some agreements that run for 10 years, and those are fine for people that want short-term capital. So you can use them for bridging purposes. You can pay the agreements back within months if you want, and there's no prepayment penalty in most cases. So these agreements run for either 10 years or 30 years. There's two flavors. And the way that we calculate the equity share is slightly different. The way that it works is that the investor puts some capital in, in exchange for the right to participate in the future value of your home when you sell it or when you buy the agreement back. So the investor has the option. It is an option then. Yes. It's structured as an option agreement, again, in most cases. And I say most cases because we have our own agreements that are structured as an option. We also work with a number of the other players in this space, again, have slightly different variations. So their agreements, some of them work as option agreements. Some work as almost like a purchase option where we have the right to purchase your property at a certain value. But all of those are really variations on the theme. None of those are loans. So the important thing is they steer clear of any language or any obligations that would enable the, you know, which would make this fall into the, you know, the, the bucket of being a loan. And just playing devil's advocate and being in the insurance industry for so long. Back to your lean to value. I assume that there's going to be some provisions where if I've sold a piece of my equity off to you or done the option. Yes. And if I refinance, for example. Yes. To take advantage of some lower rates. I'm sure there's a provision that is, as long as all in, it's still at that 80% threshold, then- That's correct. Well, I can do what I want. It's just if I go over that, then there's a problem. Yes. I mean, because position is an equity holder, we've got to be quite careful to make sure that you don't diminish or dilute that position yeah. by taking on more debt, because we're always going to be in a junior position in terms of the, the order of play with the liens. So the good thing is having a lien, if you want to refinance your existing mortgage, you would just need to get a a waiver from us or from whoever the investor is, allowing the lender to remain in in a senior position. And having a lien on the property does give us that protection, um, which means that it makes it more difficult for you to add additional debt without us knowing about it. But in the corporate world, and not that I've 
I don't live in the world of startups like you do, but I have been a part of one. And it was, uh, you know, once the parent company came in and, and wrote a, a big check to help, you can't go get any loans, you can't open any more credit and you can't dilute shares, right? So, you, yes. yeah, you know, that position had to be protected at all times. And which is funny because as you know, when you're starting up and you need a photocopy or fax machine and you have no credit, Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> it's like, and again, the great thing about this is it doesn't increase the leverage on your home. If you're using the money to fund a startup, one of the things that you really don't want is additional monthly payments because it's hard enough paying for stuff as it is. So th these are great instruments. If you've got equity to use that equity, get the business off the ground to the point where it has a credit uh, score or where you, you, know, you have some sort of income because you can buy these agreements back at any point. So you're not locked into it for 10 years or 30 years. It's really flexible. There's no seasoning period. And in fact, with some of the agreements, there's actually an incentive to pay these agreements off early. So what we do in some cases is we cap the maximum return that the investor can get in the first two years. So that if you pay these agreements back quickly, then there's actually a benefit to you as the homeowner, because there's actually a benefit to us because we can get that money back. We'll get a good return on it and we can then invest that out again. So the more times we can do that overall, the more return we're likely to make. I want to ask, we walk through two scenarios. One, let's say it's a 10-year agreement and I'm the homeowner. I get 20% of my equity paid to me. And let's say in a year and a half or two years, I get transferred, whatever the case may be. Now I'm going to sell the house. I'm assuming in that performance deed that that sale is going to, I guess at that point in time, you as the investor have to make the decision whether or not to exercise your option to participate. Yes. Well, I mean, what happens is the option is triggered by the sale. So one of the part of the process is that option becomes due. In other words, we are able to exercise that option when certain events happen. And the sale of the home is one of those events. So in that scenario, you've got two two agreements, a 10-year agreement and a 30-year agreement, both of those really will be triggered when you sell your home. So if you decide to sell your home, the moment you put it up for sale, as well, let's say once it's sold, when the sales proceeds come in, they would get distributed to us through the escrow process as we are one of the lien holders. Okay. And I assume that, let's say, for example, $20,000, or no, let's use 40000 because you gave the example of a $200,000 Yes. 20%, so forty grand. In the course of those two years, I'm given 40 grand. I'm going to have to give back more than 40 grand. What is sort of the normal, you know, if, if I use this as a loan, for example, right? Like I just get some quick cash, business goes well, I pay you guys off in 18, 24 months. Obviously, you're not doing this for free. Yes, no, of course. And, and that's the important thing is because everyone needs to understand that the investors do make money out of this. Otherwise, you sort of step firmly into that. It's sort of too good to be true territory. So the way the investor gets paid with the 10-year agreement is a straightforward discount. So for every 10% that we invest, when you sell your property, we will get back 16.7% of the value of your property at the time that you sell it. So if you unlock 20%, that means that we get 33.4% of the value of your property when you sell it. So if your property remains the same price, let's say it's $200,000, then in exchange for giving you $40,000, when you sell your property, we would get $66,000 approximately out of the sales proceeds. Now, if you sell your property earlier than that, there's a cap on the return of 
18% per annum that kicks into play. So if you sold your property after six months, for example, we would not apply that multiple. We would say, what is the lowest figure? Is it 18% per annum over six months, which would be 9%? Or is it that multiple? What's the lowest figure? So what we have is a cap that makes sure that if you pay these agreements off early, you don't have to pay the full multiple. There's a ceiling to the amount that you can pay. And that's the same for the 30-year agreement. There's a cap, which is a maximum in the case of the 30-year agreements, that can be as low as 12%. So if we now switch gears slightly and look at the 30-year agreement, because it's a longer duration agreement, we have to calculate the return in a different way. Because otherwise, what happens is the return would decay over that 30-year period to the point where it's not attractive to the investor. So we have a mechanism in the 30-year agreement, which is a, a share of the appreciation. So after, let's say you sold your property in, in three years and you had a 30-year agreement, then we would get back the original $40,000 investment and we would have a pre-agreed share of the appreciation. Now, that share is normally three times the amount that we invest. So if we invested 20% of the current value of your home, you multiply that figure by three. So we would share in 60% of the appreciation. So because it's a 30-year agreement, that share is a different. It's not a discounted calculation. It's a way of just sharing in the appreciation. So if you were to sell your property, say in 10 years time, and it went up from 200 to 300,000, we would take back our original 40,000 plus 60% of that $100,000 increase. Gotcha. Okay. You can see the challenge really. And so our challenge really is when we speak to our clients, what we don't want to do is give them too many options to start with, because as you can see, it's quite difficult to try and calculate all these different things. So the most important thing for us is to understand what the client's needs are when we speak to them, because we have lots of different programs, some 10 years, some 30 years, and there are nuances. So our job really, because it's quite a new product, is to understand what the homeowner wants the money for. Do they want to stay in their home forever? Do they just want this as a bit of short-term bridging. Is this something that they think they could pay off in six months or do they want to keep it for a, a much longer period? What are they using the money for? Do they want to get their credit score up to a, a higher figure so that they can then refinance everything with a remortgage? So there are, even though there are lots of sort of moving parts and it appears more complex than a traditional loan product, we try and make that easier for homeowners by understanding much more about their own particular uh, position and then sort of steering them towards a, a solution that's best for them. Interesting. Yeah. You see the gears are, you know, the hamster's running in the wheel. I did notice that sort of, you know, <laughs> yeah, sort of, yeah. I'm a natural pessimist, right? So I'm naturally looking for... Yes. And look, I um, fortunately, you know, in the day jobs that I've had, I, I have not been a part of some, you know, intricate financial mechanisms, but I've seen them work, especially when it comes to agreements and whatnot in the insurance world. So that's why I, I was excited to get you on because the, the you realize that this isn't for everyone. You know, this is a niche type of thing, but it could be very 
well, lucrative for the investor, but also timely for the homeowner to, you know, as you say, unlock it. And I, for myself, for example, you know, divorce ruins credit. And this would, <laughs> this would have been a great option a few years ago had I known about it, but now it's, it's too late, you know, water under the bridge, whatever. It does work. We do work with divorce attorneys, funnily enough, because you have a situation where one party wants to stay in the family home. Mm-hmm and avoid the situation where everything gets broken up, but may not have the credit score or the income to be able to borrow money to buy the other party out. So we have had lots of situations where a home equity agreement works because if there's enough equity in the property, the person who wants to stay can take out an agreement, use that capital to buy out the other party and still stay in the home, but without those high additional payments. So it's funny, it seems like it's a niche product, but I think it's going to become much more mainstream as it becomes easier to articulate how it works. And that's where technology and tools and online applications, those are the things that we're developing. And again, it seems more complex than it should at the moment, only because there are lots of different people involved, lots of investors. And what you're hearing from me is the stuff that happens behind the scenes, the sort of the cogs and the workings. From a consumer or a a borrower, a homeowner facing perspective, we try and make it much easier to understand. So we provide, you know, online illustrations which make it easy for them to see in real terms, what it's going to cost them and how much they'll need to pay back when they settle the agreement. Yeah, I can see for if you're a uphill battle would be not problem aware because your customer, your homeowners are very aware of their problem, but it's the solution that you offer them. It's just so new that, yeah, you're going to have to, you know, what do you mean? I don't have to pay this back. That's going to be the biggest hurdle immediately. What do you mean? What are you doing? How do you make money with this? You're just going to give me money? Yes. And again, that's precisely, that is the biggest question we get. This is too good to be true. How can you possibly give me cash and not have monthly payments? And that's why it's so important to understand it's just a different way. It's a, we're just getting our money, but we have a much more long-term view. We are waiting. We'll get our money, but when you sell your home, that's when we get paid and we'll take a share of that. But in the meantime, we're happy to wait. Once we get that across and people understand, I see now how you make money, then it's really the decision is, Is it too much or is it okay? So in other words, you can have an informed decision then. Now I know how much it's going to cost. Great. You know, okay. I know it's going to cost something, but I need that money now. Or I can do much better with that money if I had it now than I would do if I just leave it stuck in my home. It all goes back to that mindset, right? I'm going to get equity for my home. That's 300 a month, right? Like it's just that automatic direct wiring, consumer wiring, I should say, that we all have. Yes, I, I... you know, dabble in the in the real estate and the finance world. But at the end of the day, I'm just a guy with a microphone who likes to invest, right? So I look at this as, you know, as my parents or my grandparents would, you know, as survivors of the depression <laughs> and that fallout, you know, I can, I guess I'm a natural pessimist. So I'm really glad you came in and, and walked through it. And, that, you know, this isn't, it's not a debt instrument. It's an option you're going to get some money for. And when the house sells, you guys make your money totally get the, you know, this is a great short-term solution if you've got something. Yes. And I wish, like I said before, the whole divorce thing, I wish I would have known because I could have stayed off from uh, having to refinance if I, if I could have just, you know, given her a cut of the equity Yeah, at that point in time and, and everything, my life would have been a lot easier. So, uh, but anyway, hey, as 
you you got a 50% divorce rate in America. So, I mean, I think you've got a, you know, unfortunately it's going to be a pretty good stable of, uh, of homeowners there. So Matthew, how do people learn more? If they want to contact you, want to learn more, was there a website? Yes, no, there is. As a, everything is on the website. It's quantumre.com, which is Q-U-A-N-T-M-R-E.com. Everything is there. So we have contact details, all of the videos and podcasts and blog articles. There's a free guide you can download. There's a calculator that enables you to get an estimate of how much we could potentially unlock for you. So it's all there. So please check it out and reach out to us personally. There are human beings behind the website. So you know, we will answer you in speech. We'd be delighted to answer any questions that you might have. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you for coming on today. I think this is a very interesting topic and product, like I said. And, you know, it's not often that we get people from Alabama on the show. So, <laughs> That's right. Uh, yes. Yes. I, uh, I do appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing how this goes as you educate more and more folks. You and I sort of have that same struggle with private lending is letting people know, yes, this can be done. This is possible. It's legal. It's sanctioned by the IRS. And, you know, it's recorded down at the county courthouse. So I wish you more than luck, but I don't think you're going to need it. I think this is going to be a very interesting. Well, and thank you. And, and there are so many parallels in, in both of our lives in terms of, you know, who you work with. And it's about changing attitudes, I think, isn't it? Or changing views. And, and so there's so many different opportunities for both of us, I think, if um, as people open their minds and embrace these new approaches. Absolutely. I saw a, a commercial on CNBC the other day that in the next 10 years that our life is going to change more than the last 100 years combined. I think they're probably not wrong. Yeah. You know, at first I'm like, oh, that's hyperbole. And I'm like, well, that kind of makes sense. No, no, you no. Know, I think we, you're probably right. Yeah, <laughs> from right. the Wright brothers, World War One, to, you know. Fasten your safety belts, everyone. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a wild ride. So Matt, thank you so much. Uh, go to the show notes page. You'll have links to everything, the website, how to get a hold of them. We got questions. Like you said, there are humans on the other end of that. So Matthew, again, thank you so much, and I wish you all the best. Thank you. It's been great having me on. Thanks very much. And there you have it, folks. I'd like to thank Matthew Sullivan for stopping by today and discussing how his company, Quantum RE, is using equity contracts to capitalize on appreciation in the single-family residence market without adding debt or burden to the homeowner. If you'd like to learn more about Matthew and connect with him, please head over to the show notes page for episode 126 for links and more information. And while I put this show out there for free, It does cost money for me to produce, and I'd be extremely grateful if you could help get the word out, spread awareness, increase awareness for the show by leaving me an honest rating and review over at iTunes, which is still the 400-pound elephant in the room right now, or the gorilla, I can't remember which one it is, but that's the big one that really drives a lot of traffic. But if you're listening to me on Google or Spotify, iHeartRadio, whatever platform you're using to hear my voice, please, please, please. Leave me a quick rating and review, honest rating and review. I would greatly appreciate it. And remember, if you'd like to get started on your journey in private lending but don't know where to begin and you'd like for someone to take your money, hold your hand, and vet the deal, then go on over to privatelenderpodcast.com forward slash Inc. That's I-N-K. To learn more about how you can begin private lending in the Houston area with my friend Paul Lamnados. And don't forget to join the Private Lender Podcast Facebook group. The link, again, is on the show notes page, or you can just search groups for Private Lender Podcast. Okay, that's going to do it. I want to thank you guys for taking your time and listening and sharing your ears with me today, because it does mean a lot to me. And in signing off, I like to say, besides mindfulness and self-awareness, I wish everyone safe and successful private lending. And I'll catch you on the next episode. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Private Lender Podcast with your host, Keith Baker. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit privatelenderpodcast.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time.